Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And it's a solo show today. Landon is out, but he will be back tomorrow. Uh, and we're going to preview the Senior Bowl on Thursday's episode of the podcast. Uh, we have a bunch of defensive linemen we're going to talk about, some cornerbacks, some safeties. Uh, we're going to tailor our Senior Bowl preview uh, to the Cowboys, certain guys that you should watch, some matchups maybe. Um, it's going to be a fun podcast, so make sure you tune in for that one. Today we're actually going to look back at the Cowboys 2019 draft uh, and review every single pick. We'll give a grade for every single one. Um, but before we do that, I think it's important to revisit the trade the Cowboys made last season uh, of acquiring Amari Cooper for a first-round pick. Now, if you remember correctly... When the Cowboys traded for Cooper, they were 3-4. and four. They just lost to the Washington Redskins. So if the Cowboys don't make that trade for Cooper, I think it's pretty realistic to believe the team doesn't make the playoffs and they're drafting inside the top 20, probably somewhere between 13 to 20, right? Uh, it's, you know, it, it's an okay team. It's certainly not a good team. It's not a team that's going to end up in the top five or six of the draft. Um, when you look at the top, you know, let's, let's look at picks 13 to 20. You were looking at guys like Christian Wilkins, Chris Lindstrom, Dwayne Haskins, Brian Burns, Dexter Lawrence, Garrett Bradbury, Noah Fant. Um, while all those are good players and I like some of those individually, there's none of those guys that I regret trading Amari Cooper for, right? And that's basically what the Cowboys did. They, they passed up all those guys for the rights of Amari Cooper. I love that. Uh, Cooper is still a, one of the best receivers in the league. I know there's been some issues with him on the way, on, you know, away from home. I, I'm not too concerned. Uh, so just looking there, I, I thought the Cowboys came out fine. But then if you look at where that pick actually ended up, pick 27, I feel even better about the trade. Uh, at pick 27 was uh, safety Jonathan Abram, who was drafted by the Raiders. Uh, he only played in one game. He tore his labrum in the first game for the Raiders. Uh, didn't play the rest of the season. Um, I, I, listen, I was never a big Jonathan Abram fan. I think his skill set is pretty replaceable. Uh, he's certainly not somebody you want in coverage. He's a penalty machine. Uh, I, I'm certainly taking Amari Cooper over there. But the thing is, that's not who the Cowboys would have likely picked. Uh, from everything that Landon and I have been told... The guy that they loved was actually LJ Collier from TCU, a defensive end. Um, you know, uh, in case you guys forgot about Collier, this is an older defensive end prospect who did not have a lot of production for the Horn Frogs. Came in for Seattle, did not play a bunch, could not earn snaps, never recorded a sack, a quarterback pressure, uh, a tackle for a loss. He'll be 25 before he takes, takes his next meaningful snap in the NFL. Uh, and if we know anything about, you know, how pass rushers develop, you know, being somebody who is that old and that unathletic doesn't bode well for their future. So I feel really, really good that the Cowboys actually dodged a bullet here in not taking an Abram or an LJ Collier or anybody like that. Uh, you know, some of the other guys that I know that they like were Rocky Sin, the cornerback, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting. Again, nice players in their own respect, but nobody there that I'm, 
you know, drastically upset with because the Cowboys didn't get uh, one of those guys in comparison to Amari Cooper. Um, let's go ahead and move on to their actual first pick, and that's at pick 58 in the second round. Uh, Tristan Hill, the defensive tackle from Central Florida, he was a guy that the Cowboys um, basically picked in March, right? We started hearing rumblings in the middle of March, at the end of March. This is the guy that they loved. Uh, this was somebody who was one of their 30 visits. Rod Marinelli just fell in love for, with him the moment he met him. And, uh, you know, there were some players who, uh, they'll admit were higher on their board than Tristan Hill. Uh, I can tell you for a fact, Juan Thornhill was significantly higher on the Cowboys board than Tristan Hill. But because the team identified Hill as a player at a position of need rather than safety, they went ahead and took Tristan Hill over Thornhill, Taylor Rapp, uh, Nasir Adderley. Um, and, you know, now we're with a different coaching staff. Rod Marinelli's not here. Rod Marinelli is the one who picked out Tristan Hill. Uh, now this new coaching staff um, between Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan and Jim Tomsula, they have no ties to Tristan Hill. If they don't think he's a good enough player to make the 53-man roster, it would not shock me at all if he doesn't make the team next year. And this is sort of the problem when you ignore the best player available for a need pick. Uh, Tristan Hill did not have a great rookie season. Hardly was active. Uh, when he was, he was atrocious against the run. Uh, he had a few splash plays here and there, but he's certainly someone who needs a ton of development. Uh, he is a younger defensive lineman, but again, there, it's very likely the Cowboys are going to be changing their scheme pretty dramatically here uh, over the next couple months, and Tristan Hill might not be a perfect fit. Uh, maybe the team tries to move him via trade. Maybe they just hold on to him and see what he can develop into. But again, this is the problem when you uh, when you go past your draft board and you pick guys for specific coaches. Um, you know, it's just a, it's. One of the reasons why this drafting is so hard is because you, you, you want to give your coaches some input, and you you know Rod Marinelli is one of the best defensive line coaches in all of the NFL, but too often he'll take guys too high that maybe he shouldn't because he thinks he can unlock something in their game. Uh, that Tristan Hill pick, especially when you consider you know some of the guys that went after him between. You know, Juan Thornhill again, DK Metcalf was a couple of picks later, Deontay Johnson. Uh, you know, there, there's some pretty good players that went off the board a couple of picks after the Cowboys there. Terry McLaurin was a third round pick, Chase Winovich. Uh, the, the Cowboys could be drastically regretting this d- decision here in the next couple of years. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll answer some, uh, we'll, we'll look at some of these uh, other draft picks and see if the Cowboys had any better selections uh, on day two of the draft. All right, the Cowboys' next pick was at pick 90, and they took Penn State offensive guard Connor McGovern. Uh, I'll be honest, when the Cowboys made this pick, it, it was shocking to me for a couple of different reasons. Um, one, McGovern was somebody who uh, the team did not show any pre-draft interest in. Uh, he was somebody they didn't bring in for a 30 visit. The first time they contacted him was actually when they made the call to draft him. That's pretty rare. Uh, now, McGovern, in terms of value, was actually considered a pretty good pick. This was a guy that we thought could maybe go at the back end of the second round, maybe the top of the third. Uh, the Cowboys grabbed him at pick 90. I was a little shocked that they made the pick because I thought they had good depth inside 
Uh, obviously, they had Connor Williams, who was playing left guard. They had Xavier Suofilo, who stepped in for Connor Williams uh, the previous year. They had Joe Looney, who started the entire year at center. I didn't feel like Connor McGovern was a need pick. This was certainly a value pick to them. Uh, but McGovern got hurt. He got hurt in uh, training camp. Torres Peck never played a snap in the preseason, never played a snap in the regular season. Um, you know, we really don't know anything about this pick right now. Um, the hope is that maybe he can develop into your swing guard in 2020. Maybe he can p- compete with Connor Williams if, if everything goes tr- you know, perfectly right. But as of right now, he's a big question mark, um, you know, for the Cowboys. And, and we'll see what happens with him. Uh, I, I know that he's a really smart guy. He's somebody who has a little bit of position flex. Um, but again, it's hard to give him anything better than F at this point just because we haven't seen him. Uh, moving on to the fourth round, the Cowboys took Tony Pollard uh, with their first fourth round pick. We'll get to that second one in a minute. Uh, and Tony Pollard for pick 128 was really, really solid. I think he's by far their best pick. He's somebody who, you know, came in and produced 455 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. He was super effective anytime he touched the ball. He had a couple of receptions uh, that turned into big gains. He had a touchdown against Detroit on a reception. Uh, the hope is that he can be your full-time kick returner. I'm optimistic that Tony Pollard, under Mike McCarthy's scheme and Kellen Moore's scheme, can get more touches. He's certainly not going to be somebody who they give a full workload to. Uh, but could he see, you know, 125 total touches next year in offense? Yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised if that number jumps up to 150. He's a really fun player. Uh, he's somebody who has a lot of speed. Um, you know, remember, at Memphis, he was Darnell Williams' backup. He was really a slot receiver there. So he's still learning that running back position. I don't expect him to be perfect. I expect, uh, you know, there's to be some learning curves still as a runner. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for what Pollard could potentially do. And, you know, for a fourth round pick, um, you know, this is somebody who could, you know, have some real value for the Cowboys. I'm really, really excited to see what he can do. Now, I, I, I've been pretty clear about my stance when it comes to running backs, right? Uh, I think they're pretty replaceable. And, you know, one of the reasons why is because of somebody like Tony Pollard. You can get him in the fourth round. You know, a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience at running back and come in and have a lot of success. is Again, is he going to be a, a workload guy? Probably not. But you can piece him together with maybe another running back, and I think that's what the Cowboys were doing here when they took Mike Weber in the seventh round. They were thinking if Zeke uh, wasn't on the field, they could play Weber, they could play Pollard together and get solid production. Uh, and I do agree with that strategy. So fourth-round pick, Tony Pollard. Uh, love it. That's an A-plus pick right there. He, he's fantastic. What messed the Cowboys up in this draft a little bit was what happened next. The Cowboys had another fourth-round pick at the end of this round, uh, and they were targeting Isaiah Johnson, the long cornerback from Houston. They thought that they could take Pollard first, and Isaiah Johnson would follow them later in the fourth. That did not happen. Isaiah Johnson went pick 129 to the to the Oakland Raiders. Um, he didn't have a fantastic rookie season. He was banged up. He broke his jaw in preseason, uh, came back, and then he got a back injury when he did return to the field. Um, he's still a massive project. So while I understand them being frustrated there with the, you know, losing Johnson, it's nothing that's so significant that, um, you know, I, I think the team is ruining the, 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 the pick. 
Um, I do want to mention later in that fourth round, two players that the Cowboys did have some interest in. John Kaminsky, who was picked by the Falcons, had a nice rookie season. Uh, tight end Foster Moreau, who went to Oakland uh, from LSU, uh, he was fantastic this year as the second tight end. Um, you know, this, you know, the Cowboys are looking for tight ends. They just happen to miss them there. Um, the, the Cowboys went ahead and moved back from the back of the fourth round, uh, to, oh, about midway through the fifth round. And they took cornerback Michael Jackson from Miami. You know, Jackson is somebody who is highly athletic. He's a cover three cornerback. He can get up in your face. He can press coverage. Uh, but he doesn't have great ball sc- skills or quickness. Um, and because of the depth that this team had at cornerback, he wasn't able to make the, the team's roster. Uh, he did go back to the team's practice squad. Detroit poached him later in the season, and he's now on, you know, the, the, the Lions 53-man roster. Uh, so that's a fifth-round pick that just didn't work out. Um, you know, the Cowboys were hoping they could sit back and develop him. Uh, that's awfully hard when you get somebody of his athleticism. Just didn't pan out for the Cowboys there. Uh, so, you know, the fifth round pick, you lose it in one season, it happens. Uh, moving on to the Cowboys, next pick was another Miami player, defensive end Joe Jackson. Again, this was somebody who Rob Marinelli targeted in the draft. He liked him as a left defensive end. Uh, Jackson is somebody who is not super athletic, uh, not super long, uh, but he is somebody who is pretty strong against the run. Uh, he did make the Cowboys 53-man roster. Um, but didn't do a ton. I'm interested to see what he looks like in this next game. Is he a five technique? Is he a four three defensive end? Does he even make the roster? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Jackson is a very specific type of defensive end. He, he's one of the ones that Rod Marinelli likes to coach up because of his, you know, his hustle and his motor. But I'm just not sure uh, he's somebody that you know is going to stick around with the next team again. Well, I like him better than some of the other picks. We'll give him a C minus, but uh, not somebody who is going to, you know, that's going to return major dividends uh, either last year or this upcoming season. Uh, let's take one more break and we'll finish out this Cowboys draft. Moving on to the sixth round, the Cowboys had one pick in this round. Uh, they selected safety Donovan Wilson, uh, and while Wilson really didn't do a ton during the regular season, it was his preseason performance that got a lot of people excited. Uh, Wilson was just around the ball in every single game. He was making plays. Uh, he is, again, he's another player that's really athletic but needs time to grow. Is he somebody who is going to take a starting role this season? Probably not. But if you lose Jeff Heath and you lose Kevon Frazier in free agency, it's not all of that unlikely that Donovan Wilson could be your, you know, third safety who could be a core special teamer. Uh, I like Wilson. I, I actually think this is a this is maybe one of the best value picks in the round, or excuse me, the draft. Uh, I do like what he has to offer. It's somebody who uh, I am excited about long term with the Cowboys. I think I think this is somebody who could work out well for them as a you know as a down the roster player. Um, one of the things that this team needs is a lot of players on cheap contracts to perform. Uh, the Cowboys do not have. A lot of depth on this roster right now that's cheap. Uh, it's partly because of some poor drafting at the bottom of the rounds, uh, in the, you know, in the second or third round. You know, they have a lot of guys that are coming up for contracts. They need guys like Donovan Wilson to develop into, not necessarily a starter, but a key contributor to keep this team moving forward. 
Uh, so I'll be good. I, I know the stats aren't great for the rookie season, but the preseason, what we saw in training camp and the limited time that we saw him on the field, I like Donovan Wilson. We'll give that a, a B minus pick. Moving on to the seventh round, the Cowboys had just two picks in this round. Mike Weber was their first pick, the running back from Ohio State. Kind of a do-it-all player, kind of unspectacular. Uh, did not make the team's 53-man roster. And that wasn't all that surprising. At this point in the draft, you're not necessarily looking for players that could you know, make the team. You're looking at guys that you can develop. Uh, Weber did make the team's uh, practice squad. Um, I, I think that's somebody who they could be interested in, You know, maybe being the third running back next year. If they move on from Jameis Zolawali, maybe they keep him on the practice squad. I'm sure they're going to bring in somebody to compete with his job. Uh, but Weber is somebody who you'd feel okay if you have to put him in there for a stretch of time because he can block, because he can catch out of the backfield, and he's a tough inside runner. Uh, and then their other seventh-round pick, Jalen Jelks. Again, another defensive end that Rod Marinelli picked out. Um, the Cowboys kind of experimented a little bit with him playing inside-outside, even some as an outside linebacker. Uh, if, it, if the team does move to a 3-4, it wouldn't be all that surprising to see, you know, him as a potential, you know, three, four outside linebacker. Uh, I think he's got some of the length. Um, he's got some movement skills that I really like. Um, but again, didn't do anything for the team, uh, this year that was kind of expected considering the depth of its position. Uh, but overall, you know, this is not a great class for the Cowboys. Uh, you know, having, not having a first round pick does hurt. Uh, as a whole, this draft was just pretty weak. There's obviously some players in here uh, that made impact, but you're not seeing a ton of superstars out of this class as of yet. So, you know, it's it's not necessarily a bad year to have a, a bad draft, if that makes any sense. But uh, we'll see. This, this still is up in the air. If guys like Tristan Hill and Tony Pollard and Donovan Wilson can, can continue to develop in fine roles with this team, it's, it won't be that bad of a class, but again, with a new coaching staff coming in, they're not tied to any of these players. If they don't like a Tristan Hill or a Tony Pollard or a Donovan Wilson, don't be surprised if they just moved on, and that's what makes this class a little scary. So overall, you, you can't give this anything better than a D, maybe a, you know, if you're really, really nice, maybe a C minus, uh, but I, you know, this is certainly not one of the team's best draft classes over the last couple of years. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Again, remember, tomorrow we're going to be doing our Senior Bowl preview. If you have certain guys you want us to talk about on the show, uh, make sure you leave comments on your reviews on iTunes. Uh, give us five stars if you think we've earned it. Um, we're excited to do the show. We're excited to talk about the Senior Bowl. Follow Lane and at McCoolBCB. Follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and we will see you guys next time.